you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. Well, hey, I get to read you this morning from the Gospel of John. If you would like to turn there uh, in your Bibles, I'm going to be reading from John chapter 20 uh, this morning, verses 21 to 22. I mentioned at the beginning of our service, if you're having trouble streaming uh, this morning, we do have three options that we're working through, being our website, uh, Facebook, and also YouTube. So if you're having issues with where you're at now, please try one of those other uh, avenues. I'm going to be reading from John chapter 20, and I'll begin with verse 21. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. And said, receive the Holy Spirit. That's John chapter 20, verses 21 to 22. I want to talk with you this morning about the breath of God. For we can understand that it is the breath of God that is life in me. The breath of God is life in me. This week I was reminded of a movie uh, that I had seen years ago, and it was one of these, you know, like apocalyptic, end-of-the-world type movies. And I don't, I don't remember if it, was, if it was like aliens, you know, were attacking the earth, or if, if zombies had taken over. I don't even know if aliens and zombies are the same thing. I'm not really immersed uh, in zombie culture, so I'm not exactly sure even what you know zombies are. But anyway, aliens, zombies, somebody w- was was here on the earth, and they were trying to take over the world. And what got me as I thought about that movie this week was how they would capture people. Now you're not going to believe this, I promise, and I'm not making it up. But these zombies, how they would capture you, how they would take over your mind, is they would walk up to you and they would hack a hawker in your face, okay? I'm, I'm not making this up. They would like spit phlegm on your face. And if that happened, if that phlegm touched you, well, you had to watch out because if you fell asleep, you were becoming a zombie or a alien or, or whatever uh, it was that they were. But as I thought about that movie, I thought, who in the world dreams that up? You know, let's make a movie about hawker spitting aliens. You know, who would think of that? But you know, as I was reminded of that movie, and I spent so much time this week thinking about John chapter 20 and and the breath of God going out over his disciples, thinking about the ability of God's breath, the ability that his breath has even today 
the ability that his breath has to reach you, to reach out to you, even at this very moment, to go out over you and and to fill you. I wanted to assure you today of this. And listen, what I'm going to say, I promise you've never heard in a sermon before, and I promise you will never hear in a sermon again. So listen, because this is the only time you'll ever hear it, and it is this truth. Our God... Our God, the God of the Bible, understand this. God, he is not a hawker-hacking God. Got it? Our God, he is not a hawker-hacking God. Write it down, attach it to a meme, whatever you need to do. But understand that the breath of God, it is life to me. His breath on you. The breath of God in you. Understand today that it is life. For God spoke and there was ocean. God spoke and there was earth. God spoke and there were tuna and blue jays and ladybugs and butterflies and hippopotamuses when God spoke. For in the breath of God... There is life. John 1, 4 says, The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. May we understand today that the breath of God is life to me. The breath of God is life to me. I wonder, are you open to absorbing that, to receiving that breath, God's breath today? For understand the breath of God is a breath that is able. The breath of God is a breath that is accomplished. The breath of God is a breath that is resolved and is faithful to surround you, to accompany you, to fill you, to make you sure today. Do you need some surety? Is your heart longing to be shored up today? Find it in the breath of our God. So seek out that hush today that we would pray that the hush of his breath, that it would fall over us, that we would come to a place today in our homes, that we would come to a place today in our rooms, in our lives, where we would behold his breath, and that we would behold it in such a way like you and I, like we were on our last lung, gasping for a breath. Know that that breath can fill you and bring you life. You know, in our passage, we read that Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, the setting for that passage was a room. It was a closed room, a simple room. You know, you think about Jesus' ministry. So much of his ministry was done outdoors, right? Think about so much of his ministry was accomplished in the city and town squares. So much of his work was done on the hillsides in front of people. So much of it was public. But this moment that we read about in John 20 was indoors. It was in a room. The audience, the audience to whom he spoke, were a portion of his disciples. And the date was Easter. 
was Easter evening. We can understand that it was but a few days earlier that Jesus of Nazareth, he stumbled and he strained his way to the top of the hill of Golgotha. He was laying on the cross. He was pierced with nails and lifted up into the air like the serpent. Was Jesus of Nazareth. But you know, we're told in Luke 23, 46, that upon that lifting, it says that Jesus, crying out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, now listen, having said this, what's it say? It says, he breathed his last, right? He breathed his last. Meaning, as Christ, as he hung suspended, as his chest rose, as his chest filled and then emptied, upon that emptying, he took his last broken breath. He breathed his last. Upon the exhale of Christ, it was his last suffered breath. It was his last suffered breath. It was his last labored breath. It was the last of breaths that he would take in a shackle. It was the last of breaths that he would take enslaved. The last of a breath defeated and captured, sickened, held down, pinned down, nailed down, laid down. As he was held up on that cross, scorned and objectified, ridiculed and maligned, Jesus Christ breathed his last and yet... And yet very early, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. They were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw the stone that had been rolled away, although it was extremely large. Entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting at the right wearing a white robe, and they were amazed. And he said to them, Do not be amazed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who has been crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Jesus breathed again. Think about that. Think about what took place beneath Jesus' ribs Over that three-day period, think about what was happening there. The breath that this world drove out of him. Okay, the, the breath that evil extinguished. The father returned. The father returned that breath to the son. The father brought it. Back. Remember this, it was sin that emptied Christ's lungs, but it was love that filled them again. You hear that? It was sin, my sin, that emptied Christ's lungs, but it was love, it was the Father's love that filled them again. And Jesus Christ, with life restored, breath restored, he entered into this room where the disciples are in John 20, 21. And he said, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive. So see what's happening here. 
Jesus, who breathed his last, right? Luke 23, 46. He breathed again when he was raised from the dead. And now he is breathing on you in John 20. Can you think of another uh, time in the Bible? Another time in the Bible when we're told that God came and he breathed on a man. Think back. When was another time that you recall reading about God coming and breathing on another man? What about in Genesis? Genesis chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. It says, this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made earth and heaven. Now no shrub of the field was yet in the earth. And no plant of the field had yet sprouted. For the Lord God had not sent rain upon the earth. And there was no man to cultivate the ground. But a mist used to rise from the earth and water the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man of dust from the ground. And breathed into. Okay. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Okay, it said God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man began to live. God breathing on a man, Genesis 2. God breathing on a man, John 20. Again. Can you think of another moment in scripture? You think of another moment where you saw God coming and breathing out. I thought about the prophecy in Ezekiel chapter 37, you know, the valley of the, the dry bones. Ezekiel says that the Lord took hold of me. And he says, I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground. They were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become a living people again? O sovereign Lord, Ezekiel replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then the Lord said to Ezekiel, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Listen, look, I am going to put breath into you. He says, I'm going to make you live again. He says, I'll put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And Ezekiel says, so I spoke this message. And Ezekiel says, as I was speaking out this message, suddenly there was a rattling noise, he says. He says there was a rattling noise happening all across the valley. And the bones of each body came together. And they they attached themselves completely together as skeletons. And then I watched as, as muscle formed, formed up over these skeletons. Flesh, skin came over these bones. But they had no breath. They still had no breath. Then he said, speak a prophetic message. This is God. God said, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. 
speak a message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. I spoke the message as he commanded, and breath came to their bodies. They all came to life. They stood up on their feet. The sovereign Lord says, look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. It's the breath of God. Genesis 2, the breath of God. See it bringing life. Ezekiel 37, the breath of God. You see it bringing life. John 20, you see it again. The breath of God is life to me. Why am I reading those passages to you? Understand that in this world of dust, from the dust we were formed to the dust will return in this, this world of dust. In the midst of what is barren, in the midst of what is fragile, in the midst of what is broken, there are endless fields of bone in the world today, aren't there? There are endless fields of bone, and ever-growing are those fields. They're ever-growing, they're ever-increasing, they're ever-rising. I was thinking about that prophecy in Ezekiel 37 this week, and I wondered, I wonder what, if, what it would have been like if God had given that prophecy today. I wonder if instead of a field of bones, if it had been a mountain of bones. A mountain, a great mountain. For there are many bones in our world today. You know, it's everywhere. Whether it's empty lungs or empty lives or foolishness or delusion, there's emptiness. But may we understand today, may our hearts recognize by the Spirit of God As we're reminded of Genesis 2, as we're reminded of Ezekiel 37, as we're reminded of John chapter 20, may we be reminded today that it is the breath of God that brings life to me. Do you long for that breath today? I wonder if there's an, an ache that's arising, is a spirit causing an ache to begin to well up within you for the pure breath of Christ. I pray that our heart would know with a certitude today that God alone is the one who can do that. For God alone is the one who can give it. Okay? God is the one who can do it. Therefore, God is the only one who can give it. And if God is the only one who can give it, then whom must we seek in this hour, in this moment, in this life? To whom must we turn? If God alone is the one who gives the breath, to whom must we seek? God, it's his breath. 
In our passage in John 20, we're told that Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So he breathed it out, right? He breathed out the Spirit. He gave it. God has it. God's the one who can give it. What did that, what did that mean when he, when he told them to receive the Holy Spirit? What was Jesus saying there? We can understand in the receiving of the Holy Spirit, the disciples were to receive the life of Christ. They were to know the power of Christ in them. They were to know the presence, the breath of his presence in them, within them. The vision for mission. And the vision for mission that comes when we are identified with Christ through faith. That vision for mission was now to become theirs. I receive the breath. I'm identified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, Paul says, but it is Christ who is living in me. I am a child of God. I have received him. That is now who I am. Therefore, though the waters rise, I'm a child of God. Therefore, though the fire burns, I'm a child of God. Therefore, though hard-pressed, I'm a child of God. Though afflicted, though weary, though faint and perplexed, I today am a child of God. Isaiah says, do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told to you from the very beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle. The circle of the earth. The sovereign Lord is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him when he comes. Will you receive the breath of the sovereign Lord today? Will you welcome it in? The breath that Yahweh breathed in Genesis 2. That Yahweh breathed in Ezekiel 37. That Yahweh breathed out in John 20. Will you receive that today? Do you need it today? Fresh wind from the four corners to come and fill you. Do you need that? I used to take our daughters ice skating every year. And I don't do that anymore. And I have no guilt about that. I'm totally cool with it. Um, but when we went, we would go ice skating about once a year. And so you can imagine I wasn't very good at it. But the girls, they enjoyed uh, going around the rink, skating around uh, when we would go. And so um, so one year, I would, the last year that we did it, I was in the middle of this ice skating rink. And I, I was trying to, you know, to to. to not, not spin, but, but just to circle around. If you were to ask my daughters, now they would say, well, dad was trying to pirouette. But listen, let me tell you something, okay? Shane Arthur does not pirouette, okay? So let, let's just get that, let's just get that out of the way. Well, actually, that's not true. You know, sometimes if I'm like by myself in the living room or something, you know, I mean, who among us does not pirouette from time to time? Right. But for the most part, I don't pirouette. I definitely wasn't trying to do it there. 
uh, in the ice skating rink. But whatever was happening, I lost my balance. I fell on my side. I broke three ribs. As I hit the ice, you could hear the crunch. Just crunch. I could hear. Let me tell you something. I could not breathe. I couldn't breathe. One of my daughters, she, she skated over to me and she was smiling real big. She's, are you okay, dad? <laughs> and all I could do was just look at her. I tried not to, you know, look like I was freaking out. Just to, I didn't want to scare her. But I couldn't answer her. I couldn't breathe. You know, I, I could not even groan. I couldn't even groan. You know, maybe that's you today. You know, maybe that's you with no breath, no life, no hope. You're you're sitting at home in that chair, and you're tired of sitting in that chair, but you're still there, and you're deflated, and there's an emptiness there that's crowding around you. There's fear approaching. There's fear that's creeping in. I want you to know that God the Father understand today. The sovereign Lord, he is longing to bring his wind to you. He said from the four corners of the earth to fill you and to surround you. You know, the disciples in John chapter 20, they were despairing. Their enemies were after them. They were wanted men. People were on their trail and so they were, were hidden in the room. I bet you they had, had covered up the windows with Cloaks. They, they had, had drawn the blinds if they had uh, blinds so that nothing could get them. They didn't want anything to get in. They were scared to death. And yet Jesus found them, didn't he? Jesus found them there in that hidden, that unmarked, that unrecognized room. Jesus was able to find them. And Jesus can find you today. The breath of God can reach and understand that it's once Jesus finds us, when our hearts are captured by the king, by the warrior God, when he takes hold of us, it's then that breathing can begin. Okay, when Jesus finds me, breathing begins. I read an article Uh, recently about how a baby uh, begins to breathe on its own at birth. And so I I was just wondering, well, what happens physically when when a child, you know, comes out, uh, what happens? And it said that at birth, the baby's lungs are filled with fluid. They're not inflated. It says the baby takes the first breath Within about 10 seconds after delivery, this breath sounds like a gasp as the newborn's central nervous system reacts to the sudden change in temperature and environment. So the breath sounds like a gasp and the system reacts when breathing begins. The breath sounds like a gasp and the system reacts when breathing begins. When the Holy Spirit so fills a heart, gasp 
react. Do you want to gasp today? <laughs> you want to gasp? You, you want to be filled up? May we know that it is the breath of God that is life to me. God alone is the one who can do it. He did it in Genesis 2. He did it in Ezekiel 37. He did it in John 20. And he can do it in you today. He can make us gasp. And cause that system to react. And bring us to life again. I wanted to share with you a video uh, of a young lady. And this gal, she's just received a lung transplant. And so in this video, Lord willing, you'll get to see her gasp. And you'll see her system react. And you'll watch as she comes to life. So let's watch that together. First breath afterwards, you know, I I took it in so deep and I was afraid at first because I usually would just breathe in just a little bit and it would hurt, you know, it's this painful hurt that I would feel and then it was gone, it wasn't there. So this person is living inside of me. I wonder, are you empty today? Are you breathless in a bad way? Are you filled up with fluid and filled up with things from the old way of life? It was an old way of life. It was deadly and it was sin-diseased. It was a breath-sucking life. It wasn't a breath giving life. You know, are you filled up with that kind of life today? Understand that, that today the Spirit is reaching out to you, bringing His breath from the four corners of the earth, beckoning you to reach out and respond to Him. Is the Holy Spirit, is He prompting you today? Is He causing your system to long to react? 
all that we receive in. That we would come before him today in humility and that we would seek his face. That we would seek after the one who gives the breath. That we would claim the joy today that's found in the spirit of God. The courage that is known by those who walk with Jesus Christ. And as I was reading uh, this week, my project was to read through the Pentateuch. So the first five books of the Bible. I didn't get to Deuteronomy, but I went through Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers. And you know, as I was reading, as I was reading through those books, in the back of my mind was John chapter 20, right? That I was going to preach on this week. So as I'm reading through those, those four books, I'm thinking about John chapter 20. And I came to Exodus 34. And in Exodus 34, it's the scene uh, where God comes down and he meets with Moses. And as I read that passage, I thought, oh, man, we, we just see the foundation of John 20, of what Christ accomplished in John 20. We just see that there in Exodus 34. And so I wanted to read uh, to you from that scene. And so listen again, this is Moses meeting with God on the mountain. Moses is going up uh, to meet with the Lord. The Lord's going to come down. So Exodus 34, it says that Moses chiseled out two tablets of stone like the first one. Early in the morning, he climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with them. Okay, you hear that? So the Lord, he came down and he stood with them. What does it say in John 20? It says that the Jesus, that he stood among his disciples. Here in Exodus 34, God came down. He stood there with Moses and he called out his name, Yahweh. And we're told that when Moses did that, that the Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity. I forgive rebellion. I forgive sin. And he goes on, and we're told at that point then that Moses, that he fell down, it says, and he worshiped the Lord. And then later in the passage, we're told in verse 29 that when Moses came down from Mount Sinai and he was carrying those two tablets, listen to what it says. It says that he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant. Because he had spoken to the Lord. Okay, it says his face, Moses' face. When the Lord came down, when the Lord spoke to him, it says that Moses' face became radiant. Have an opportunity today. You have an opportunity to hear his voice, to receive his breath, and know the radiant heart. It's your opportunity. You know, it's a choice to make. One commentator that I read this week noted that the disciples in chapter 20, you know, he noted that, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of evident, immediate, sold-out response to Jesus and the breath coming out. Now, it did come for the disciples, but it took a while. It took a while for them to see Moses 
in Exodus 34, when God came and passed in front of him, there was worship there in that moment. There was face aglow there in that moment. Right then, it happened. There was a beholding. There was an inhaling of that which was of God. It says of Moses that he remained on the mountain with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. And all that time he ate no bread. It says he drank no water. And the Lord wrote the terms of the covenant, the Ten Commandments on the stone tablets, that we would hear him today, that we would recognize he who is breathing upon us and know his radiance. As we fall in worship today, as we recognize, God, I am not able. God, in so many ways, we can say to him, I'm incapacitated. God, in so many ways, I'm defenseless. God, in so many ways, my guard has fallen short. And I've failed. And I've lost. We can come to him today and allow him to breathe upon us. And how I pray with all my heart that you would allow Jesus Christ to do that wherever you're at today, whatever, you're, uh, whatever size your room you're in, wherever you're at, that you would know that Jesus Christ can come in and he can fill you up. So Mr. Jim's going to come and he's going to pray for us. Ask the Lord to do that, to breathe on us today in a fresh way, a good way, a healing way. And we'll just praise him alone who can do that for us. Dear Lord, we just uh, thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity uh, to come together here and online to worship you and to praise you and to lift you up. Because you alone are worthy. Uh, uh, Lord, we thank you for your perfect and eternal word. Uh, We thank you that it's the same today, tomorrow, and always. And uh, we thank you that for your sovereignty. As as we watch the institutions and traditions of our world be shaken so much by a little virus, uh, we have your word and and your faithfulness to rely on. And even today, Lord, uh, we can receive your breath of life and the power of your spirit and know that uh, you have us no matter what's going on in our world. And I just pray for the members of this body that uh, they feel your breath today. And uh, just ask that this world would seek you, Lord, and seek your breath. Today, Lord, I especially want to lift up Pastor Shane. I want to thank you for his faithfulness and uh, his diligence in being your servant and a leader here at Living Streams. Thank you for the past five years of uh, his growth and by his growth, our growth as a body, uh, his, his sense of servanthood. Uh, it's a sad day for us that he's leaving, Lord, but we can rejoice in the fact that uh, you've called him to this new ministry he's beginning uh, as he leaves us to go to the Little Blue River Friends Church, Lord. We just ask your blessing on him and that congregation. We want to lift up Shane and Nicole 
and his family. Just ask your protection over the over them, um, both physically. Ask for your spiritual protection as uh, he begins this new ministry. We know the enemy will attack. Just ask your spiritual protection. Uh, may his faith. Uh, may his faith uh, stop the darts of the enemy. Uh, just ask that your will would be done there and this ministry would be anointed and your kingdom would be advanced. And uh, we thank you and praise you that uh, he has answered your call. And we just ask your blessing on whoever you would choose uh, to come in and help lead us in worship, that uh, he would be your perfect pick for our congregation. We bring all these things to you in the matchless name of your son, Jesus. Amen.